Hello everyone! Welcome to the Sumulong Baptist Church Podcast. We are glad that you have chosen to join us in worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ through listening to God's Word. Well, good morning. Welcome to our weekend online services. We're so glad you could join us. And whether this is your first time uh, joining us or you've been with us for many years here at SBC, uh, we're so glad you could join us. Hey, one thing I want to ask you to do is we have an online uh, communication card that you should see on our Sumalong Baptist Church Facebook page. And we'd like to ask you to go to that. And whether you're a longtime attender or or you're just joining us for the first time, please fill that out. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to know you're watching our services. We'd like to know if there's anything we could pray for you about. And so you You'll find that at Smulong Baptist Church on Facebook, and we hope that you can uh, do that with us, okay? Well, uh, we're continuing our series on Puzzled, and today we're talking about changing your mind, okay? Uh, and here's a, a, a question that I have for you this morning. How do you live in the world, but not of the world? Uh, this can be a difficult puzzle to put together in our lives. It's a difficult piece of the puzzle to fit in in our lives. How we respond to this worldwide crisis should be based on our response as Christians, first and foremost, and not just on how we feel or based on what society is saying or those around us are doing. So let's read in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, to see what kind of attitude the Lord wants us to have in life. So read with me in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, we should focus inwardly, and this is what the Bible is trying to get us to that point, but we should focus inwardly not to help ourselves. I think so many people right now are looking at how can I better myself or how can I help myself, okay? Um, but it's for worship reasons that God wants us to look inward. He wants us to give glory to God, to not be conformed to this world, but to be renewed for God's will, and this is really important, to be renewed in our minds, to be renewed in our lives for God's glory. That's what he is after. That's what he wants. So let's talk today about renewing your mind. And by the way, you should find the outline to this sermon on our Simulong Baptist Church Facebook page as well, and we hope that you can follow along. So how do you renew your mind? Well, first of all, the Bible says don't be conformed, okay? Don't just try to be a spiritual chameleon, changing yourself to fit in with someone else. Don't change your behavior to be like the world. Don't be one person at church and another person in the world. Don't be conformed to this world. Some people want to be as much like the world as possible. This is also true of some churches. But don't give in to that. Be like Christ. So what does the Bible mean by the world? Don't be conformed to the world. Don't be conformed to this world. The world, it can mean mankind. It can be mean the physical universe. And it can also mean, and this is what it means here in this passage, the non-Christian realm of influence where God is not reigning as king. This is the world standard. It's the world's way of thinking, and it stands in opposition to God. 
Um, we can be involved in politics. We can be involved in business, but just don't act like the world. Uh, Galatians 1.4 reminds us that this present evil age is passing away. It's not going to last. It's not eternal like God and his kingdom is eternal. So as Christians, uh, we don't belong uh, to the world. So it's either the world or the church. Which one are you committed to? Don't be conformed to this world. You can't live a double life as a Christian. First John 2 verses 15 through 17 reminds us of this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Boy, those are powerful verses, especially in the age that we're living in, I think, right now. Uh, this present world system, it's not going to last. Uh, it's not going to be around forever. And so why would we follow it? I also want to read to you from James chapter 4, verses 4 through 5, that just reminds us that friendship with the world is enmity, it's hatred, it's, it's being enemies with God. God doesn't want to share us with ungodliness. So don't align yourself with ungodliness. Um, if you have a friend who is surprised to learn that you're a Christian and that you're a follower of Christ, you must not be following Christ very well. You must not, not be doing it right. Christianity, act like Christ, be like Jesus. And I think one of the frustrating things of going through what we're going through now, and as now we have this quarantine extended, how do we serve? Uh, how do we um, uh, serve God? And how can we be the hands and feet of Jesus? Well, I want to tell you, we're uh, trying to help uh, at least 300 families every week with relief packs. And that's something, if you want to drop food by here at the church, uh, we can get that packed and get that delivered out to families. But I want to uh, give you an example of what our manna families did uh, this week and some of our families that we helped with some relief goods. We gave them a pack of food, but we also gave them an extra pack of food. And I love seeing uh, some of our families that are faithfully attending our church. They gave that extra bag of food uh, to their neighbors. They were the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, the success of ministries is not measured by members or attendance. So right now, how would we even measure our success as a ministry in our attendance? Uh, nobody's coming to the church building. Uh, we can't mark off the attendance of people. We can't measure it by attendance right now. But you and I are the church. We can still be the hands and feet of Jesus right where you're at. You can reach out to him. I've been talking about, about that on our daily devotionals and things like that. But let me ask you this in light of this verse in Romans 12. How conformed are we to the world? Has the Holy Spirit re been revealing some things to you about that? How are we transforming our minds and how are we doing the will of God? You know, Mike Winger says this, we don't have to please the Lord and please the church and please others. Here's what we have to do. We have to please the Lord, bless the church, and reach the world. Sometimes we have this idea, well, I want to please God, and we try to do that, but I want to please my friends, and I want to please those around me. Our only goal and our only aim in our lives should be to please 
the Lord. So don't be conformed. What does that mean? It means a compromise, okay? Um, there's an example that you've heard before of the uh, of a frog being uh, put into a pot of boiling water. If you get the water boiling and you throw a frog into that pot, the frog will jump out because the water's too hot. But here's the idea of compromise. Here's the idea of being conformed to this world. If you put a frog in a pot of lukewarm water and then you turn the fire on, it won't realize that it's being boiling. It's being boiled. It won't realize that it is um, it is uh, uh, about to die. Uh, the Bible admonition for us and the key thoughts in the New Testament over and over and over again are this. Wake up, look up to heaven, forsake worldliness. This is what God wants us to do. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't compromise. So we're not looking inwardly for self-approval. We're not looking inwardly for self-help. We're not looking inwardly just to make a better me or a better you, okay? Why do we renew our minds? We do it for God's direction where we ask him, show me the things to change in my life. Show me the things to change that would bring you honor and glory for you, Lord. Don't compromise with the world's way of thinking. So this passage in Romans 12, it starts out with a negative. Now we go to a positive mind. Don't be conformed. But number two, but be transformed. Um, our attitude where we reject worldliness prepares us to have a mind that is impacted by God and not the world. Aren't you glad that we don't follow the world right now? The world doesn't know what's going on. God knows what's going on. He's on the throne. He's the one that we need to be following. But be transformed. Transformed is the same word that we get metamorphosis from, okay? As Christians, we are on a journey of inside-out transformation, not the opposite. Okay, um, this is something that we need to get right in our Christian lives. Sometimes we think, well, if I clean up on the outside and if I clean up everything and if I'm a good Christian and if I'm a good person and I do good works and all those things, then everything will be okay with God. Sometimes we think of it as an outside-in transformation. It's an inside-out transformation. And I want to read for you 2 Corinthians 3.18 that reminds us about why we are not conformed to the world, but why we're transformed to be like God. It says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is that concept, this is that idea of going from glory to glory. Committing sins makes us more sinful. And I know that might sound like a really simple statement, but it's very true in our lives. If we sin, it's going to make us more sinful. We become slaves to sin. It's a gradual fade. It's a gradual thing. It's just like the frog in the pot that I was talking about. And what I choose to do in my body in regards to sin affects my internal person that I am. And here's the problem for us as Christians. And I want you to hear this very carefully. Instead of going from glory to glory, we go from glory to gory. It's not pretty. It's not good. We might ask ourselves, why aren't things going right in my life? Are you choosing sin or righteousness? Are you choosing to live in fear or faith? The choices you're making right now are having an impact on who you are. Romans 12.1 reminds us, therefore, present your body to the Lord as a living sacrifice so that you can be renewed inwardly. 
You might need some internal transformation right now. Stop conforming to the world. Change your mind. Changing your mind may start with changing your actions. So it's real simple. Just stop sinning. I know that's really easy for me to say. It's much harder to live out in our lives. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, okay? What is your mind? It's your way of thinking. It's your intellect and your motives, your desires and your fears, all that occupies your conscious self, okay? So why do we need to be renewed? Why do we need that? Well, first of all, the world pollutes us. Uh, we give in to its teaching and its way of thinking. Uh, this quarantine may have been a time for you to clean up spiritually. It also may have revealed some areas uh, where um, you exhibit fear that you didn't even know about. Um, and, and you may be dealing with that and battling with that and realizing that in your life. The world pollutes us. There's so much bad in this world. It's because it's the world system. It's not God's system. That's what we're talking about in this passage. And we conform to the world way too many times in a day. Maybe um, we haven't had as much peer pressure to conform to the world. And maybe you're realizing that God is trying to strip away some things in your life. Maybe you're realizing some ways you've been conformed to this world and it's time to be transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind to think more like God. Um, you know, uh, something that we've uh, had during this quarantine is our poodle had five poodle puppies. And man, are they cute right now. They are really cute. And they're starting to run around and play. But you know what? They're just followers. Uh, if one runs away and one runs down the hallway, they'll all follow each other. Uh, if you go out to our lanai from our living room, there's a step down there. And those puppies will run and run as fast as they can, and they'll just fall down into the lanai. Um, it's kind of sad and funny all at the same time, you know, uh, but they'll just follow each other. If one runs off the cliff, so to speak, the other one will follow. Um, they're just followers. Sometimes in our lives, that's what we do. We just follow the world without thinking about the consequences. Uh, we get stuck on things like bitterness and anger, lust, selfishness, and worry. And as we haven't been around others as much, Maybe these things have lessened over, over the last few weeks and you've noticed that. And maybe uh, by not being around people as much, you've realized that maybe you're not as angry and you're not as bitter. And maybe God is, the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal some of those things to you. Conforming to this world can become a part of who we are. And God knows that it's not good for us. So here's a positive of this time uh, that we're going through. We are possibly living through the biggest reset in the church age. It's certainly in our lifetimes we are. As we get closer to God, he will renew those inward parts that we didn't even know how to, to affect or change before. God knows you better than you know yourself. He can do that inward work in you. So let's go back to verse 1. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Anger and bitterness. I just want to speak about a few things that we might be battling with or dealing with right now. Watch what you say and watch what you do. Watch your attitude. Sometimes that comes out physically and how we react. When we think about lust, watch what you watch. Selfishness, watch what you spend. Isn't God kind of retooling us on how we spend our money and, and, and how to make the budget stretch? Or maybe you battle with fear. Where is your focus? On things? on things of this world, on things that you are trying to affect or you are trying to change, or is it on God? It has been said that faith is the currency of heaven 
and fear is the currency of hell. Jesus asked the question, why are you fearful? In Matthew chapter 8, are you going to live in faith? Are you going to live in fear? Romans 1.28 reminds us that, that, that they did not see fit to acknowledge God. It reminds us that as Christians, we need to do the right things. We need to acknowledge God for who he is. We need to do that. It's time for you to stop doing things your own way. This passage is about living a godly, not, a, a godly life, not just reading God's word, but applying it to our lives, not just going through the motions as Christians, but living a life of faith. I wonder, pre-quarantine, how many of us would just go through the spiritual motions every week? Has this quarantine taught you that you can live a deeper life of faith? You can grow closer to God. You know, this all comes, all what we're talking about today comes through acts of obedience. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, when you yield your bodies to sin, it takes our minds along with it. When you yield your body to God, he takes your mind along with him. Which is better? Well, it's kind of a dumb question, isn't it? You know, we need to make sure to yield our bodies to God so that our minds can be properly renewed. Well, you know, sometimes people use this excuse. Well, I can't change. That's just who I am. I I, I can't change. This is just who I am. Actually, people can't stay the same. Whatever actions they do will be changed for the good or for the bad. They will be changed for the good or for the bad. If you are around bad influences, you'll be changed for the bad. If you're around godly influences, you'll become more like Christ. Hey, I want to encourage you when all of this is over, join us at church if you've been listening to these messages or listening to our daily devotions and maybe you've heard something different or heard something that helped you, we want to help you grow closer to Christ. Join us at Sumalong Baptist Church. We would love to teach you more about this. You know, in Ephesians 4, verses 22 through 24, it reminds us to put off our old self, which belongs to our former manner of life, and be renewed in the inward man, the new man. Put on the new self that is created after the likeness of Christ in God's true righteousness and holiness. It's not fake. It's not like the world, but it's like Christ. This is the perfect time for a reset in your life and my life. And whoever says, well, it doesn't affect me. The sin isn't a problem in my life is wrong. Sometimes we can be unaware of the negative effects of sin in our lives. Again, Mike Winger says this, sin always requires a cost, but right living always carries a blessing. So let's go on to point number three in this passage, uh, that you may prove, what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, that you may prove. Prove is a difficult word to translate accurately. In Greek, the word is dokimazin, okay? It means to prove by testing, examine, to interpret, to discern, to demonstrate, and to judge is good, all wrapped up into one word. So that's why we need to unpack it a little bit uh, to really get its cr- uh, true meaning in Greek, okay? So let's talk about to prove. Um, it means to truly recognize something for what it is. God's will is the best way. You can't justify yourself and say, I will just try to make it my own way and expect everything to work out all right. 
You can't do it the world's way and expect God just to be okay with your life. For many of us, as we sit together as families, there's a good conversation to be had here. There are some changes that need to be made as we go into a new normal in our lives. It's the perfect time for a reset, as I said earlier. Maybe God doesn't want us to go back to the way it was. As a family, will you follow God's will? I want to encourage you after the service today, or you could even push pause right now and talk about that. As a family, ask yourself, what does God want us to do? What is God's will for our lives? God's will is for our ongoing sanctification. We are all being purified and refined right now. We're kind of going through the fire right now, aren't we? Sanctification should be exciting for Christians. It's not something that should be a burden. It should be something we pursue and something we desire. If you can't offer your bodies to the Lord as a living sacrifice, you can't even know in your mind what sanctification looks like. If you keep sinning with your body, you can't be transformed in, in, your, in your mind. It's just the process of us becoming more like Christ. And isn't that the goal for our Christian lives? Second Peter 3 verse 18 reminds us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to grow. We need to become more mature Christians. We need to discern and understand what the Bible is teaching us, okay? We need to put into practice the principles from God's Word that we are learning as we read it. Uh, why are we doing a daily verse? Because we want you to get in God's Word. Why are we doing a daily devotion? Because we want you to grow deeper in God's Word. That is the goal. But some, sometimes we pray specifically for God's will, don't we? Uh, if, if someone is single, they might say, well, God, can you tell me what the name of my future your spouse is okay um, that might not be the right way to pursue God's will or you might wake up and say well God what should I wear today should I wear this shirt or should I wear another shirt I think we should focus more on godly principles look for a godly spouse dress modestly those are biblical principles that you can know what God's will is just by knowing God's word and knowing those things so we need to prove uh, we also need to demonstrate uh, this is also a meaning uh, of that word demonstrating the truth, truthfulness of a thing and showing it to others. This needs to be lived out as godly lives in our lives, uh, as in our Christian lives to live godly examples and godly lives. This is demonstrating, proving uh, God's will in our lives, okay? Here's another aspect of that word. It's endorsing. It's approving, approving this thing because this has been proven in my life. Like, I'm a living example. I'm a living testimony of this. Sin should take on a yuck factor in our lives. We shouldn't be pursuing sin. We shouldn't be desiring sin. We should be looking at sin and say, oh, that's gross. That's yuck. I don't like that. Uh, that's how we should view sin. Is this true in your life? We should get to a point where we hate sin in our lives. And you could give a testimonial about this in your life because you've been saved and you've been redeemed. You've been released from the bondage of sin. Would you consider doing this on Facebook uh, this coming week? to put a video together like my daily devotionals that I've been doing, just setting up your phone there and, and uh, just giving uh, glory to God and, and sharing 
uh, with the world how God has changed your life and how he could save your friends and your relatives too. You could share some verses from Romans, uh, like Romans 3.23 or Romans 6.23 or Romans 10, 9 and 10 or John 3.16. But you could put your testimony out there on Facebook. Hey, guess what? It doesn't have to be the pastor doing that all the time. People need to hear from you because your life has been transformed and your, your friends know that you're a Christian, but they not, may not understand all of that. What if you did that and put that on Facebook? I want to give you that challenge this week uh, to give that testimonial, to endorse what God can do in someone's life because you're a living testimony of, la- of that. So, so that you may prove God's will. Are you searching for God's will in your life? God's will is described in three ways in this passage. It's described as good. What is good? It's just the opposite of evil, right? God's will is desirable and pleasurable. God's will should be a delight to a Christian. It should be something we pursue, something we want. God's will is good. Sometimes we look at God's will as oppressive. Sometimes we look at it as, oh, this is going to be a burden and this is going to be so hard. But God's will is, first of all, good. And then it's acceptable. Well, to who? It's acceptable to the Lord, and it should be acceptable uh, to us. Um, To do the will of God, to do the will of the Father, John 4.34 says this, to do the will of the Father is more satisfying than food to us. If we don't feel this way, your mind needs to be renewed. You know, I have a new mindset about food now after this quarantine. I have a new mindset about shopping. I have a new mindset about entertainment. I don't want the things of this world to satisfy me. I don't know if you've experienced that. I don't know if you're going through that as well. But I don't want this world to satisfy me. I want to be satisfied with God. And what a blessing this quarantine has been in that way. And I know this quarantine is hard. And a lot lot of people are out of work. And I know it's been difficult for many of you. And I'm sorry that you're going through some difficult times. But if we can see the good in this, if we can see the acceptable things in this, that only God can truly satisfy you. Have you tried to find satisfaction with the world? Has it left you feeling empty and alone inside? Does that describe your life? Try satisfying yourself with God. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. And I'll talk to you more a little bit about that at the end of the sermon today. But another thing about God's will, it's good and acceptable and it's perfect. God is perfect and so is his will in your life. God will never steer you in the wrong direction. He'll never leave you alone. He'll be with you every step of the way. Why does he want us to follow his will? So that we can be perfect. We can be mature, complete, fully grown. You know, this world thinks God's will is oppressive but it's the only thing that brings us true liberty and freedom in our lives. So don't be conformed to this world. You know, wrong actions are easy to spot. That's a lot easier to spot. Wrong attitudes, not so easy to spot. That inward self, us, who we really are inside. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to a judgmental spirit. Just surrender yourself to the Lord. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. 
You might be sitting there thinking, well, what, God, what can God do with me? Maybe you look at your life and it's a series of mistakes and failures and you're wondering, how can God use somebody like me? Or maybe you look at yourself, well, I'm not very talented or I don't have this or I don't have that. And maybe you feel like everything's been stripped away right now and you're like, what do I have to offer God? I can't go to church. I, I can't be involved in giving like I used to. I can't be involved in serving like I used to. What can God do with me? As I finish up the sermon today, I want to tell you a story about someone that wasn't sure how God could use them. On September 22 in 1871, an elderly British lady who was 82 years old was ushered into her heavenly reward. She passed away and she went to be with the Lord. Earlier in her life in 1835, her frustration at being an invalid, she was restricted to a wheelchair, left her feeling useless and questioning her very salvation. What she did next would echo throughout history. As a young woman, Charlotte Elliott was not sure of her relationship with Christ, not sure of how to be saved, and even though she had been raised as a minister's daughter, that probing question came from a Swiss evangelist who preached at their church, are you at peace with God? This would not leave her mind. When she saw that evangelist a few weeks later, she mentioned that she could not shake that question, but she protested what could she possibly bring to God. When he replied that she need not bring anything but herself, she gladly accepted Christ as her Savior. Some 12 years later, crippled by illness and constant fatigue, she felt saddened by her inability to help her local church's cause. They were, they were uh, doing a fundraiser. And remembering her conversation, she took out pen and paper and wrote a poem to encourage others who felt perhaps they had nothing to give. And maybe that describes you right now. What can I do right now? And she wrote this poem, Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Her poem was published, and she was inundated with requests for it. She was glad, she was happy to discover later that some copies were being sold to raise money for the very cause she felt helpless to be involved in. It was turned into a song just as I am. Her song has been translated into hundreds of languages, published in more than 1,600 hymnals, and has reached billions around the world. And it continues to help bring people to Christ every day. Sixty years after her death, about that in, in 1931, a 31-year-old man riding in the sidecar of his brother's motorcycle in England finally came to the end of his internal struggle against whether Christ was indeed the Son of God. He finally knew in his soul that indeed Jesus was just who he said he was. And he realized God calls us just as we are. This man was C.S. Lewis. He stepped out of his sidecar. He was a new man saved by grace. Ninety-nine years after Charlotte Elliott penned her words, and three years after C.S. Lewis's conversion, the 16-year-old son of a dairy farmer listened intently as he heard the message of salvation preached at a revival service in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
when the song Just As I Am was sung at the end, young Billy Graham went forward to accept Christ. The story continues. 20 years later, Billy Graham had become a successful evangelist and was invited to speak at Cambridge University in England. He was so nervous over the event, and he nearly canceled it because he was so nervous. But he was induced, introduced to a kind man named C.S. Lewis who encouraged him to disregard his nervousness and disregard the critics who were against him and to continue with the revival. Billy Graham went on to speak to 2,000 people every night, and he came back in 1989, and he preached to a crowd of 80,000 in Wembley Stadium. As always, he closed the event with the same song, Just As I Am, without one plea. Never think you have nothing to bring to Jesus. This is exactly what he wants you to bring, nothing. Just present your body as a living sacrifice. He wants you, just you. The way that you are. He can take frustration like Charlotte Elliott's skepticism, like, like C.S. Lewis's skepticism, and the nervousness like Billy Graham had. And he can reach the world through you. Are you at peace with God? Do you know the peace of God in your life? Have you struggled with that? And maybe you've thought, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. And maybe you're thinking right now, how can God use me? I beg you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual act of worship. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can I ask everyone to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment? Sometimes we think, oh, I have to bring something to God. I have to do something in order to earn God's favor. Sometimes we think we can earn our way to heaven. People think that. But there's only one way to salvation. And that's coming to Jesus just as you are. Surrendering to him and say, God, I can't do this. I need you. Do you need to be saved today? Would you just call out to the Lord? And ask him to forgive your sins. Pray something like this, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I am sorry, Lord, for all my sins. I ask you to come into my life. I want you to be my Savior. I trust you alone today. Please save me. Please use my life however you want to, Lord. I surrender myself to you. Christians, are you at peace does God want to do some transforming things in your inner self and in that inner man or woman? Would you let God have complete control of your life? Maybe you need to change some of the outward actions and maybe that needs to happen in your life.
Maybe you as a family, you need, you need to ask yourself, God, what is your will for our lives? How do you want us to change? How do you want us to be more like you? How do you want us to be sanctified to become more like Christ? Would you come to the Lord just as you are? Maybe you've been struggling with that. Lord, how can you use me during this time? Maybe you need to put that video out on Facebook. Maybe you need to reach out to a friend. Maybe you just need to grow deeper in your relationship with God so that when this quarantine is over, you can do more than you've ever done for the cause of Christ. Could I pray for all of us this morning? Lord, we thank you so much for the truth and power of your word. And Lord, sometimes it's a mystery to us how you can and you want to use people like us. Lord, we know how insignificant we are. We know how frail we are. We know how sinful we are sometimes. So Lord, I ask you to cleanse us right now. I ask you to make us vessels that you can use. Help us to become more like you. And Lord, as you've stripped so many things away from us, help us to realize that you are all that we need. So, Lord, we just want to tell you we love you today. Thank you for carrying us through this trial. And, Lord, we pray that you would continue to provide for people's needs in our church. Lord, continue to be with our frontliners. Protect them, Lord. Protect us. But most of all, Lord, make us more like you. Help us to grow deeper in our desire to do your will in our lives. Help us not to be conformed to this world, but help us to be transformed through through the renewing of our minds. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, just a few things I want to remind you about. Thank you so much for being with us today, first of all. Don't forget to fill out that online form that you'll find on our Sumalong Baptist Church page. And uh, don't forget also that we've got opportunities to give online. We've got some people who are dropping their giving by here, uh, by the church here. Some that are giving through GCash or through PNB. And so you can see that also. And then don't forget, we've also got great Sunday school lessons that are being put online each week so that your child can still study the Word of God have some fun activities to do, and uh, and we've got that online, okay? I wish I could tell you I knew when we were going to be able to meet back together. I don't have the answer to that question. Only God knows that right now. But I'm so glad we can meet in this way. Keep joining us. Check in every day with us. We hope that we've been an encouragement to you. You've been an encouragement to me through your comments and things like that. But we want to stay connected in this way. Please let us know if you have any needs or prayer requests. You can put that on that online form. We want to be praying with you. If there's anything you can do, please let us know. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us in this week's podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. God bless.